Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program is live and it is on the clock. Hey, remember, we've got a a fantastic podcast. It's called Wendy Bell Radio. I know, catchy. Oh, whatever you have to do, all you have to do is go to your source where you get your favorite podcasts. Put that in, Wendy Bell Radio, download us, join our million download army. And each show is broken down into three about 40-minute segments, and it's crisp and clean, easy to go. We're uh, not fattening, not filling, but wonderful information, and we're so excited that you're part of our family. So did you guys know that there is such a site as libertyscore.conservativereview.com? Liberty Score. It's a very interesting website. I encourage you to look it. Look it up, bookmark it on your computer, and and go and do a little look-see. Do a little check on the people who want to get up and tell you what is right for America. Because every single vote that they make in Congress is monitored, it is recorded, and it is assessed according to conservative ideology. So any vote on gun control would be a thumbs down if a conservative or Republican would vote in favor of any semblance of gun control. They would get a bad mark on that. And then therefore their liberty score would go down. We did a little checking on the individuals who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy. How conservative are these individuals? And it's very interesting. Andy Biggs, 100 percent. Ken Buck. 96%. Eli Crane, well, he's new. He just started, so he doesn't have a score yet, but we'll watch. We'll watch. Matt Gates, 84%. Interesting. Bob Good, 100%. Nancy Mace, only 67%. And Matt Rosendale, 100%. Tim Burchett, though, is the one I want to focus on. His Liberty score today is a 95%. He votes 
the way we would vote. And I didn't hear about him. I didn't know about him. And I will tell you this freely. Until Brian Kilmeade from Fox News decided to put Tim Burchett in his sniper crosshairs and went ballistic on him the other day on his show. How dare, what makes you think that you're smarter than everyone else? You had 96% of Republicans voting for Kevin McCarthy and you just decided to go rogue? And Tim Burchett very calmly responded to him and said, I voted with my conscience. $33 trillion isn't feasible. It must end. And this is how it ends, right? So then I found an Epic Times interview. And I highly encourage you guys to find this. Epic Times with Tim Burchett. It is so illuminating. All right? I want you to hear it. It's, it's 12 minutes, and we've broken it, broken it up into segments, 12 different sound bites. You're going to hear a man who has served his state government in Tennessee. He was the mayor. He was a state representative. He was a state senator. And now he represents the second congressional district in Tennessee as a United States representative. He's been in politics a very long time. How is it that he hasn't been purchased the way others have been? That is a question I have for you today. Listen to this man explain to the host of this Epic Times interview, why did you vote to vacate the chair? Listen to what Congressman Burchett says, and it all begins to make so much sense. Go. I went down two paths in my mind. One was... um, to, to keep my friend Kevin McCarthy as the speaker. And I value my friendships up here very well. Um, I don't have many, probably don't have any now. But, uh, and the other was, was I gonna vote my conscience of what I thought was right? And, um, you know, I prayed about it. And we are $33 trillion in debt. We take in about $5 trillion every year, and we're going to spend, by conservative estimates and proposals, around $7 trillion. We took off the entire month of August, which we normally do, and then two weeks into September. September 30th was the end of our fiscal year. And they took it upon themselves to go on trips and do all their things and vacation, what have you. I worked. I work harder when I'm at home. You don't really work up here. This is all a smoke show up here this is all a smoke show we're not doing anything we took six weeks off we're up at 33 trillion we want to we want to take in five trillion this year but we're going to budget seven which because my rudimentary math skills means our deficit gets bigger nothing is happening change must go down and simply said i'm tired of it audio soundbite two I'm tired of these continuation budgets, we uh, continuation resolutions. You know, we, we passed them for 30 days. And then uh, and they told me, they said, Tim, we need to pass this one so we won't have to pass another one. You know, we hadn't passed a budget in 30 years. Jody Arrington from the budget committee, I left the budget committee, I asked to be taken off of it because we don't do a budget. He finally, he's chairman, God bless him, from Texas, he put a proposal together, brought it to the conference, and you know they gave the leadership gave him the golf clap, patted him on his head, and sent him on his way. And that was about it. That was about it. So we're going to go down the same road of continuation 
to pass another one so we don't have to pass another. I mean, that's like telling a crackhead, hey, I'm going to give you crack to get you off a of crack. It just doesn't work. We are addicted now to our great-grandchildren's money. We are addicted to our great-great-grandchildren's money. And he taps into the monologue I had the other day where I said the House of, of Representatives is in rehab. Somebody has finally stepped forward, be it Matt Gates or any of the other seven who threw the grenade on the whole system and took the gavel out of Kevin's hands and said, no more. You've lied to us too long. You said you were going to get clean. You identified the problem. You promised us you wouldn't go back to your pusher. And yet here you are, higher than a kite, no change in sight. This is not a survivable strategy. We've kicked the can down the road so many times the same way Congress continues to do that with budgets. Why can you not present a balanced budget? Because you want to spend more than we bring in. And you can only tap the taxpayers so much. And then you look in the mirror and you say, it's so weird that we have this inflation. How is this possible? Because of you. And Tim Burchett says, I voted against that. Then he says, look, this is what they're going to do. It's the stall, delay, push us up against a holiday, come back from the holiday. Then say, oh, nuts. Here's this big omnibus bill. It's packed with all sorts of stuff. You're not going to know what's in it until you vote for it. Sounds familiar? Go. This time they did a 45-day uh, continued resolution. And guess what? It pushed right up to the Thanksgiving Day break. So we'll get there and they'll say, hey, man, we got to go home. We got holiday. You know, turkey's on the and coming out of the oven. And so we'll pass what's called an omnibus bill. Now, an omnibus bill is a monstrosity. Say it's 2,000 pages and you read down until you come to the, you know, 15th page or whatever. Oh, there's what I need, and there's the stuff that this lobbyist that greases me wants. And then then you pull the Nancy Pelosi, you gotta pass it so you know what's in it. You stop reading, you vote for it, and that's why we're $33 trillion in debt. That's what he says. It's all a smoke show here at Congress. Nobody does anything. They take long breaks. They stall. It's a good old boys network. It's all been predetermined. Nobody's actually here to solve the problems. You know, Brock and I didn't realize how, how awful these measures were until the second CARES Act bill. And we got the entire bill. It was like 800 pages, whatever it was. It was monstrous. We printed it up, all 800 pages. He took half, I took half. We went home and came up with our own lists of the pork that was inside of it. It was outrageous. Can anybody tell me why the cost of stamps keeps going up when we've bailed out the freaking U.S. Postal Service to the tune of, what, 50, 75, 100 billion dollars? Has your mail gotten to you faster? Has service improved? Has your post office looked better? No, it's a federal building. They all suck. Because the government sucks. And then they put the bill on you. All of a sudden, we're going to be spending a dollar an envelope to mail things. Just one small example of government suck. And he calls it out. That's the point. Make it so damn big, drop it at the last minute. And you know what? Who was the one who said we need to vote on things individually? Oh, yeah. Matt Gates. 
You know, the traitor, according to Newt Gingrich. Right? But wait, Tim Burchett, with more truth, it makes you feel like there's hope because there is. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so we've got Congressman Tim Burchett. Great state of Tennessee. Been in office since 2020. He was in the state legislature for probably 20-odd years. Was the mayor of his town in Tennessee before that. He's done politics long enough. But he's there not to be a career politician. He is there to get stuff done. He knows what you know. He feels what you feel. He's not a rich guy. He's not a fat cat. He's not in with the crowd. If anything, he's probably one of those mild-mannered guys who, oh yeah, has a nine. 95% A Liberty score. Audio soundbite number four. This is the same garbage he says that always happens with our with our caucus. Meanwhile, the dollar on planet Earth is going down the toilet. Go. And our leadership continues down that same path every dadgum time. And we say, you know, when we were at these, um, uh, when we were setting our debt limit bill, which I did not support. We said, let's put a mark in the sand, man. We're gonna put a mark in the sand, Burchett, for the Senate. Well, during the budget, or during the continued resolution negotiations or what have you, they didn't want to put a, a stake in the sand. They told the Senate exactly what we wanted, or you know, they were gonna cut 1% of, of new growth or some bogus number, and all they trot out this stuff. You know, we're gonna save billions. Well, we, we ran up for a, a trillion in one in three months this year in debt. That is the seriousness of this. You know, people are paying $100,000 for a pickup truck uh, that I wouldn't step out of the electric chair to ride in because the American dollar is so devalued and deflated and inflated right now uh, because of this ridiculous spending. So enough is enough. Enough is enough. It's not complicated. The question Epic Times TV asked him, why did you vote against Kevin McCarthy? Why did you vote to oust him? Well, because of all the same reasons that everybody at home is saying the same stuff about ineffective, out of control, addicted government. They don't have to pay the bills. We do. Next, he says, we're going to send, and we did send a message. And next week, we're going to have an opportunity to vote on something. And then he calls out the childishness, the ridiculousness of so many of the machinations of government. Go. We sent a message and, you know, the Democrats joined with us. We didn't join with them. And um, and now we've got a new speaker and we'll have a new speaker. They'll do the student council election <laughs> speeches on Tuesday and then we'll, I say, we'll, on the floor, we'll have one ballot. We'll have one vote and we'll elect a speaker. That's what he says. Don't think we're not unified. Student council speeches. It's as stupid as high school musical. This is what we've been saying. Stop pretending like you guys are doing something for we the people. You're not. Because if you were... 33 trillion wouldn't be the number. A trillion in two months? They burn through that? What? And finally, in this segment, on the lack of GOP unity, on the heels of him saying, you're going to hear the speeches, there's going to be one vote, we're going to get behind one individual, and we are going to proceed. What do you say about all of the people you didn't vote with the majority of your caucus with Kevin McCarthy? Go. 
I don't represent anybody in Washington, D.C. that works up here or lives up here. I represent the 2nd District of Tennessee, and I represent those folks. And that's part of the problem. That's what they call the uniparty. You close the doors, and the only color they see is green, and that's the color of money. And that's all this is about. So, yeah, I, they want a kumbaya session. Uh, I'm not going to violate my oath to office, and I'm not going to and I'm not going to lie to the people back home. That's what I came up here to do. And if I, if they run me out of town on a rail, that's, that's, that's the cost. And when I made this vote, I knew, I knew I would lose some of my key support and I would have opposition and it might possibly cost us our job, my job. Can you imagine saying that? It might cost me my job, not because I failed, not because I broke my oath, but because I refused to go along with the crowd. To hear a sitting congressperson call out the uniparty, to call out the machinations of wheeling and dealing. Well, that's always how it's been. Well, how about always isn't working? Well, they were trying. They they got some stuff done. No. No. It's like having a flood in your house, right? And you think that you've patched a hole. And then it rains. And then you get more water in your basement. And then, well, we're going to come over here and we're going to work on this over here now. What you need is a Roto-Rooter French drain. You need to stop the flow. You need to end it. You need to dig. You need to carve it out. You need to put in new pipes. And you need to seal it all up. And then get back to business. And that is what Tim Burchett is saying. But wait, what he says next, ladies and gentlemen, I have never carried a sitting congressperson through an entire hour of this show. But it is so important that you hear this because we are not alone. He's right there with you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. I, you know, again, uh, I'm glad for the ladies of The View. I'm glad for people like Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and, and Mark Levin, because if they didn't have their platform and they didn't come out and let their egos expose their uniparty platform, right? And showed all of us what they're really all about. We wouldn't be able to peel away the imposters and get down to those people who aren't flashy. They aren't multimillionaires. They aren't out there Twitter or tweeting, making waves. But they're doing what they say they're going to do. They vote the way they say they'll vote. They have our values. And when you listen to somebody who's campaigning, who says to you, this is why I'm here. This is why I couldn't just not do this. Because I feel passionate about this. And I will represent you. And I understand. And I will fight. And I promise you that. Some of these voices are people that really we've never heard much of. Tim Burchett from Tennessee is, a one, is one of them. 
And I want you to continue to hear this, this just honest, raw, off-the-cuff conversation he had with Epic Times TV. It's just special because he speaks to your heart. In this audio soundbite, Congressman Burcha talks about the fuss that went into, oh no, the government's going to shut down if we don't quickly vote on this budget deal, blah, blah, blah. It's the same old game that's always been played, right? Except this time, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy decided to send everybody away for an extra two weeks of summer vacation leading right up to the end of the fiscal year, the end of September, knowing exactly that there would not be time to adequately hash out all of the details of a national budget. This crap should have been talked about in June. What are you doing besides the bidding of the Uniparty? Because what they want is to do exactly what they always do, to do what Christopher Ray did when he was called to testify before the House Oversight Committee about that FD-1023. It was that form by an informant to the FBI that said, hey, I got some deets on proof that Joe and Hunter are part of a bribery scheme. Phone call evidence, right? And Christopher Ray tried to stonewall and slow walk until finally they said, we'll freaking arrest you, dude, if you don't come in. And finally he did. They think if they wait and delay and grind to a maddening slow push, oh, so slow, then they're going to say, oh, my gosh, we've got to get this done. These poor people, they need to get paid. I have to look the, at the faces of the men and women in the military and say, you're not going to get paid. That's what Kevin McCarthy said. It was so obvious. Tim Burchett calls it out for what it is. Go. But to be honest with you, you know, they talked about us. We we're going to close the government down, maybe, and how horrible that would be three, four days. Well, what's a lot more horrible is is if this economy crashes and you'll literally see people pushing a wheelbarrow load of cash down the road to get a a loaf of bread because these jugheads up here didn't have enough guts to vote to do what was right. Guts, consequences, out of control spending has to stop. That's why I voted against him. So who do you want as the next speaker, Congressman? What he says, says everything. Well, I hope to see courage mm. and, um, and somebody that inspires us and we rally around. And, um, and that's what I'll look for in a, in a vision. I mean, all this isn't just cool little cliches, a, a vision of fiscal responsibility. If we don't get our fiscal house in order, it's all for naught. That is what the word rhino represents, in name only. Because one of the basic tenets of conservatism, of being a Republican, is limited government, limited spending, fiscal responsibility. Run the people's house the way you would your own. You don't go out and get another credit card and max it out, and then go hit the casinos, lose it all, and find another one and max it out. You have that conversation at the kitchen table and you're like, oh, snap, we're out of control. We need an intervention. So how do you get the House finances under control? How do we stop spending, Congressman? Go. 
we get a budget. We have real budget hearings and discuss what's in these bills. That's why leadership and the people in power and the good old boys up here and girls, they love the system we're in. They love the omnibus. They love the continued resolution. Because a continued resolution just continues the bad policies and bad spending levels of prior. And an omnibus just does that plus added perks. So you don't, um, you know, that, we, I would like to see somebody move in the direction of passing a budget. God, wouldn't that be nice? Kevin McCarthy said he wanted 45 days to kick the can down the road to put us right up to Thanksgiving, as he has already said. And then did the side hustle deal on Ukraine funding. Can we not tell everybody in Congress, we're done with Ukraine? Anybody with a heart feels terrible for anyone. Any victim of war of suffering of any kind, of course. But we're done being the blank checkbook of a money laundering op. That's what it is. Never before have we never gotten any kind of information from war. Not during the Iraq war, not during Afghanistan. They actually reported on it for a while. You get crickets. What's going on? What's the offensive? What's the plan? What's the exit strategy? Is there a detour? Do you have an off-ramp or is the off-ramp endless spending? We are done. So, Congressman, you have to work with Democrats and others in your caucus. You have to work together to compromise. Yes? Go. Everybody has to compromise at some point. I'm not going to compromise on my values <clears throat> and I'm not going to compromise myself, my country into, into a, a, a bottomless pit, which is what we're doing. And if, and if I have to stand my ground again, I'll stand my ground again because it's, just, you know, maybe you don't know anything about me. Um, I, I come from, I don't have money. Um, there's not a lot of people that in my background, you know, per se in Congress, my daddy, fought in the Pacific in the Second World War. My mama um, lost her oldest brother fighting the Nazis. Mama flew an airplane during the Second World War. They made a lot of sacrifices. Every night I walk out, I look at that dome on the Capitol and I think about Charlie and Joyce Burchett and their little baby boy, and that's me, is a dadgum United States congressman. And I, and I don't take that lightly, the sacrifices they made, because you know, I, I hear people up here complaining because we, we're going to make you stay over the weekend or whatever. They need to get back to their families. My dad was spent four years away from his family, and he volunteered it. My Uncle Roy never got to see his family again. So I dare say that people have made a lot of sacrifices, and we need to, we need to, we need to get some guts, and we need to get some uh, determination about where we think this country ought to go. Isn't that refreshing? I come from a family who served. They never would have told you they were heroes. My mom flew a plane in World War II. My dad and uncle served. My dad was away for four years. And I'm sitting here in the people's house watching people take six-week vacations. And I'm done. And I don't care if Kevin McCarthy is my only friend here. I'm not here for friendship. I'm here to serve the 2nd District of Tennessee. 
and the second district of Tennessee tells me they are done. And I cannot be bought. That is why I voted the way I did. Are you worried about how what you voted against and its ripple effect through the House? Are you worried about the effects of that on the 2024 election? Congressman Burchett. I have a, a saying and I say, you know, America wants their pizzas in 30 minutes or less. And that's about our attention span. And that going, I'm, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I, it'll just be a blip. I mean, everybody said the, the 15 or 16 rounds or whatever was going to destroy this country. You don't hear anybody talk about that. January 6th, nobody talking about that. You know, it's just news is such a it's a five minute cycle right now. I just don't. And the average American, um, you know, they're too busy working two jobs trying to make ends meet for the for the crappy job we've done up here by managing our, our money. This is a man who is exhausted. And he if he has to be the only person to vote against the madness, then so freaking be it. That's conviction. That's integrity. That is courage. And that is what we don't have in Congress. And finally, Congressman Burchett, how is your vote and all of this to get rid of Speaker McCarthy? How is that going to affect your political career here in the U.S. House of Representatives, sir? I don't know. I'm sure I'll have a I'll have a well-heeled opposition in a primary, and I expect they'll come after me. The big boys will. They don't like. A lot of folks aren't too fond of somebody that that has a conscience and votes it. But I didn't come from anything, and if I got to go back home, I'll go back home. But I'm I'm just going to keep fighting, and that's the honest to goodness truth. I um, I, I don't think these like I, I honestly don't think it hurts the Republican Party. And as a matter of fact. We followed the rules. We followed the rules of the Constitution, the rules of Congress. There weren't tanks in the street. We didn't burn the Capitol down. Nothing happened like that. So we followed the rules. And uh, I'm grateful for that. I think we'll be well served by that. I'd be, I'm honest with you when I tell you why. I have tears in my eyes listening to that. The big dogs are going to come for me. The Pelosi's and company they're going to come for me because i'm a threat no sir what you are is an inspiration what you just did in 12 minutes and 53 seconds on the epic times is give a beleaguered and weary make america great again faction of the republican party stand up strong thank you sir i got your six you're listening to the wendy bell radio network welcome back my friends all right so i wrote down on my little grid here every show i try to chart out where we're going so there's some flow for you so brock has some idea of what we're doing right it's not a last minute throw at adam and on my sheet today i have 
This is the most important sound all day. Brock, do you agree? Because I know you remember the sound bite. I think it's the most important sound you were he- you're going to hear all day. Uh, it's from Hillary, so I'm going to need your your band <laughs> because. She makes me nauseous. Uh, you know, relief band. I have it over yeah. here. I'll I'm going to need it. Yes. If you need you got one for like the neck. Immediate I, remediation of your nausea symptoms, which will be um, sparked here by Hillary Clinton speaking with Christian Amanpour on CNN. Th- this was the last segment, and we've kind of peppered through the show, various, oh no, what the hell is going on as these two women try to look poised and confident and holier than thou, because you always have to, if you're a liberal, you have to always sprinkle in some of that smarmy, I know better than you ideology. But what Christian Amanpour is asking Hillary Clinton, why we don't know, but whatevs, is, oh my gosh, they're blowing up the Uniparty. Eight members of the Republican House of Representatives <laughs> What are we going to do? So we've heard Hillary take shots at Donald Trump, Hillary taking shots at those of us who believe in the notion of making America great again, who these clowns try to demonize, which tells us everything. But this is what she says. They don't understand what Rush said in that open Brock played for you a few minutes ago. They can't separate you from MAGA. Trump isn't the issue. Trump isn't MAGA. MAGA made Trump. And they know it. And they are terrified. They tried to tear you down with January 6th. They demonized and vilified good people and threw them away as a warning to you. We'll come for you next. That's what all those raids were by the FBI. Listen to Hillary Clinton in, two, in one, one segment here explain how petrified they are of you. Go. And so when you see another matchup between potentially Trump and President Biden, what goes through your mind and particularly... How do you process that this person who defeated you back in 2016 is still at it, given all that you've said, 91 indictments, you know, civil fraud, sexual transgressions, according to the courts? How how is this still happening? It's a classic tale of uh, an authoritarian uh, populist uh, who really has a grip on the emotional, psychological uh, needs and desires of a portion of the uh, population. And the base of the Republican Party, for whatever combination of reasons, and it is emotional and psychological, um, sees in him someone who speaks for them. And they are determined that they will continue to vote for him, attend his rallies, wear his merchandise, because for whatever reason, he and his very negative, uh, nasty form of politics resonates with them. Maybe they don't like migrants. 
maybe they don't like gay people or black people or the woman who got the promotion at work they didn't get. Whatever the reason, you know, Make America Great Again was a bid uh, for nostalgia to return to a place where, you know, people could be in charge of their lives, feel empowered, say what they want, insult whoever came in their way. And that was really attractive to um, a significant portion of the Republican base. Uh, so it is like a cult. And somebody has to break the, uh, you know, <laughs> break that momentum. And that's why I believe Joe Biden will defeat him. And hopefully then that will be the end and the fever will break. And then uh, Republicans can try to get back to, you know, fighting about issues among themselves and electing people who are at least, you know, responsible and accountable. Everything I hate about these people, she just espoused. He's authoritarian and populist. He's negative with nasty comments. He, and then she dropped the, the talking points of suck on the left. Maybe he doesn't like migrants or gays or blacks or women. Boy, are they desperate. She says this bid for nostalgia, where people are free to speak and say what they want, where you get to make your own decisions. That's so yesterday. We've broken that. Somebody must break that momentum, she says. There's a new liberal world order, after all. And MAGA and Donald Trump are standing in its way. Um, have you guys heard anything more disgusting in the last 45 minutes? Don't you love how she says he, the people feel like they speak? he speaks for them? Newsflash, Hillary. You are. It's called a representative. That's why. And she's like, I believe Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who cannot speak anymore. Right? They're going to have to either put him to pasture. He's going to have to get something. It's, it's the virus, the new variant. Hurry up, get your shots. Oh, it's beautiful. Desperation smells good at this time of day. Hey, don't go anywhere. A high-level Iranian spy ring busted in Washington. Why is nobody talking about it? And why are we? Because we have national security expert John Guandolo, uh, and he's got the inside track. Do not miss this conversation next on the Wendy Bell Radio Show.